Chapter 45 The Dead Robots The gosling floated on the breeze beside his mother as she climbed down the cliffside. Down they went, past ledges and seagulls and tough little trees, until they were standing on the rocky shore with the cliffs looming behind them. The gravesite had changed. Raz's crate was gone, lost to weather or waves. Some of the robot parts were gone too. Other parts were gritty with sand, or were tangled in seaweed, or were inhabited by small, scuttling creatures. One smashed torso still had a head and legs attached. Roz and Bright Bill huddled around the corpse and studied the mess of tubes spilling out. This thing used to look like you, said Bright Bill. Yes, we are the same type of robot, said Roz. And now this robot is dead? In a way. Will you ever die, Mama? I think so. Will I die? All living things die eventually. The gosling's face scrunched with worry. Bright Bill, you are going to live a long and happy life, Roz laid a hand on her son's back. You should not worry about death. The gosling's face relaxed. And then he pointed to a small round shape on the back of the dead robot's head. What's that? He said. Roz leaned in closer. That is a button which is a knob on a piece of machinery that can be pressed to operate it. Brightville began pressing the button. Click, click, click. Nothing is happening, he said. Probably because this robot is dead. Click, click, click. Mama? Do you have a button? Bright Bill watched as his mother's head turned all the way around and a small button came into view. You got one, he said. I never noticed it before. Neither did I, said the robot. The gosling giggled. Oh, Mama, you have so much to learn about yourself. Roz reached for the button on her head, but her hand automatically stopped before she could touch it. She tried with her other hand but it automatically stopped as well. It seems I cannot press the button, she said. Would you like to try? What will happen? I think I will shut down, but I think you could simply press the button again to restart me. You think? squawked Bright Bill. What if you're wrong? What if you wake up different? What if you never wake up? Mama, I don't want to shut you down. Roz turned her head back and saw that Bright Bill's face was once again scrunched with worry. She knelt beside him and said, Of course you don't have to shut me down. I am sorry if I scared you. Are you okay? I'm okay. Bright Bill sniffled and wiped his eyes. And then he heard splashing. Otters were playing in the ocean. He had never seen otters before. He stared as they swam and dove and sloshed around with one another. They seemed to be having a ridiculous amount of fun, and suddenly the gosling was smiling again. Hello, my name's Bright Bill, he shouted over the waves, and this is my mama. Her name is Roz. The last time those otters had seen Roz, they had thought she was some kind of monster. But since then, they'd heard that she was remarkably friendly and that she'd even adopted an orphan gosling. 
and so the otters smiled at Roz and Brightbill. Then they swam straight over and splashed onto the rocks. Hello there, said the biggest otter. Nice to meet you both. Actually, Roz, we've met once before, but you might not remember me. My name's Shelly. I do remember you, said the robot, but I'm glad to learn your name, Shelly. You know each other, said the gosling. These otters were the first animals I ever met, said Roz. They were also the first animals who ever ran away from me. Yeah, sorry about that, said Shelly as the other otters sniffed the robot's legs. You know, Bright Bill, when we first saw your mom, she was packed in a box and surrounded by soft, squishy stuff. Bright Bill's brow furrowed. You wouldn't believe how small she looked, all folded up in there. Bright Bill's nose sniffled. We thought she was dead, but when we reached into the box, she came to life and climbed out looking like a sparkling monster. Bright Bill's eyes welled with tears, and then he felt his mother scoop him into her arms. Are you okay? She whispered in his ear. I think I've learned enough about robots for today, he whispered back. I am sorry, otters, said Roz, but we really must be going. I hope I didn't upset the little guy, said Shelly. I thought he'd like to hear how we first met. Bright Bill will be fine, said Roz, using a friendly voice. But we've had a very busy day, and we should go home. It was nice to see you again. Goodbye. Roz turned, and with her long strides, she carried her son away from the gravesite and over to the base of the sea cliffs. Would you like to sit on my shoulder as I climb, said the robot. I feel like flying, said the grassling. I'll meet you at the top. Brightbill flapped his wings and disappeared into the sky. Roz began scaling the wall. Up she went, expertly negotiating rocky columns and ledges until she hoisted herself onto the cliff top, where two young bears were waiting. Chapter 46, The Fight. Hello, bears. My name is Roz. Oh, we know who you are, said the sister bear. Her voice dripped with sarcasm. We're very happy to see you again. Yeah, we're very happy to see you again, echoed the brother bear. Why do you always repeat what I say, said the sister bear to her brother. It's so annoying. I was just backing you up. Let me do the talking. Fine. You don't have to be so mean about it. The bickering bears were interrupted by the robot's friendliest voice. With whom do I have the pleasure of speaking? How rude of us, said the sister bear. My name is Nettle, and this is my little brother, Thorn. I'm not little, snapped Thorn under his breath. It's lovely to meet you both, said Roz but I am afraid I must be going. And I'm afraid we can't let you do that, Nettle snipped, stepped into Braz's path. My brother and I, we don't like monsters. I'm not a monster, I'm a robot. Whatever you are, we don't like you, said Thorn. We hear you've become very comfortable on our island, said Nettle. Now we're going to make you very uncomfortable. Yeah, 
We're going to make you very uncomfortable. Stop repeating me, Thorn. Poor Roz was in serious trouble. The bears were closing in on her, but she couldn't run, she couldn't hide, and she couldn't fight. The robot didn't know what to do, but before she could do anything, there was a loud squawk and a streak of feathers. Stay away from my mama! Bright Bill swooped down and skidded to a stop between the robot and the bears. So, the rumors are true, Nettle laughed. There really is a runty gosling who thinks the robot is his mother. How could anyone be so stupid? Do yourself a favor, gosling, and fly away before you get hurt. She is right, Bright Bill, said Ross. Please let me handle this. But the gosling stood his ground. He spread his wings and hopped around, ready to defend his mother. The bears roared with laughter. Then with a flick of her paw, Nettle sent Bright Bill tumbling over the ground, over and over until he flopped onto his back and stared up at the sky, stunned. This is our island, snarled Nettle. And it's time for you to go, growled Thorn. Roz made herself as big as possible. She banged her chest and roared wild, angry sounds. But the bears were not intimidated. They roared right back, and then they attacked. Nettle pulled Roz into a fierce bear hug while Thorn clawed at her legs. The robot tried to shake free, but the bears would not let go of their prey. Not this time. A cloud of dust bloomed around the trio as they thrashed closer to the edge of the cliff. All of a sudden, something burst out from the trees and onto the open cliff top. Mother Bear. She was gigantic, like a mountain of golden fur. And she was furious. It seemed like this would be the end of our robot. But Mother Bear wasn't there to join the fight. She was there to break it up. Nettle! Thorn! Get over here this instant! The young bears should have listened to their mother. Instead, they pretended not to hear her. Nettle slashed at Roz's body, and Thorn began wrestling with her foot. He grabbed the foot with both paws and forced it up from the ground. And then with every ounce of strength, he twisted the foot around. Reader, the following events happened very quickly. First, there was a strange whoop sound as the robot's right foot popped off her leg and sailed through the air. Then everyone toppled over. Nettle and Roz fell sideways along the cliff. But Thorn fell backward and tumbled right off the cliff. Do you know what the most terrible sound in the world is? It's the howl of a mother bear as she watches her cub tumble off a cliff. Mother bear's howl was so startling that it snapped Brightbill right out of his stupor. Her howl was so powerful that it shook Roz's entire body. Her howl was so loud that animals heard it clear across the island. But there was no reply from Thorn. Mother Bear's howl slowly faded, and she wilted to the ground. Roz watched as her detached foot sailed over the edge and plummeted down to the shore below. It fell past circling seagulls 
smashed off a rock and disappeared into the waves. And that's when the robot noticed something furry dangling from the cliffside. Thorn! His full weight hung from a tree that was rooted to the rock wall. He gripped the tree tightly in his jaws and looked up at Roz with wide, frightened eyes. I see Thorn! shouted Roz. Grab my legs! Quickly! Mother Bear and Nettle scrambled to their feet. Each bear took a leg in her mouth, and together they slowly lowered Roz headfirst down the cliff. Thorn whimpered through clenched teeth as he watched the robot appear, approach. Then he felt her strong arms wrap around him and heard her booming voice holler, Pull us up! Thorn let go of the branch and cried, Please don't drop me, Roz. I don't want to die. Don't worry, said the robot. I will not drop you. The next few moments seemed to drag on and on. Mother Bear and Nettle kept pulling on Roz's legs, and more of the robot slowly came into view until a furry golden head finally appeared, and Thorn leapt into the embrace of his family. Does it hurt? Bright Bill touched the smooth surface where his mother's foot used to be. No, it does not hurt, said Roz, but it will be difficult for me to walk. The bears huddled behind the gosling and stared at the robot's stump of a leg. Nobody understood how a foot could pop off like that or how Roz could remain calm. Roz, I'm sorry my cubs attacked you, said Mother Bear. Sometimes they're completely out of control. It's okay. You know how they are at this age. I can't thank you enough for saving Thorn. I promise my cubs will never bother you again. Isn't that right? Yes, Mother, said Thorn and Nettle together. The robot tried to walk. She bobbed up and down on her uneven legs, which worked well enough on the flat surface of the cliff top. But once she entered the forest, her problem became clear. The smooth stump had no grip, and it slipped around on the forest floor. So Roz tried hopping on her one good foot. She took a few crunching hops and then clanged into a tree trunk. A few more hops, and she crashed into the undergrowth. I'm really sorry I broke off your foot, said Thorn as he helped the robot up from the weeds. I forgive you, said Roz. Whether she was capable of true forgiveness is anybody's guess. But they were nice words, and Thorn felt better when he heard them. It looks like I will have to crawl home, said Roz. Nonsense, said Mother Bear. I have a better idea. Mother Bear lay flat on the ground while her cubs boosted Roz onto her back. Then Brightbill fluttered onto the bear's broad shoulders. And when they were both safely aboard, the group set off through the forest. The robot was heavy, but she was no trouble for the giant animal. Mother Bear strolled along as if it were perfectly normal for a robot to be riding on her back. They made quite a grand procession, all walking together like that. And the procession became even grander as deer and raccoons and birds and all kinds of other animals joined in. Everyone wanted to see the mother robot riding the mother bear. The group wound its way past ancient trees and over rolling meadows 
and through babbling streams, collecting more and more curious animals as they went. It was the grandest parade of wildlife anyone had ever seen, and leading the way was our robot, Roz. But the parade couldn't last forever. As the sun went down, the other animals began drifting away one by one. And when the parade finally arrived at the nest, only the original members remained. Here we go, said Mother Bear, helping Roz down into the garden. Now, wasn't that better than crawling all the way home? Oh, yes, that was wonderful, said the robot. I cannot imagine a better ending to this day. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was amazing, squeaked the gosling. My friends won't believe me when I tell them I rode across the island on the back of a bear. I'm so glad you enjoyed yourself, Mother Bear said. It's the least I could do after all the trouble these two caused. Her smile became a frown, and she glared at her cubs, who suddenly took great interest in a pebble on the ground. It was late, and it had been a long, difficult day for everyone. So the bears said goodbye and headed back to their cave. Brightbill and Roz stood in the garden and watched as their new friends lumber away. And then the gosling said, Mama, do you think you'll ever walk again? I'm not sure, said the robot, but I know who to ask for help. Now go get ready for bed. Chapter 48, The New Foot. Mr. Beaver squinted at Roz's stump. I've never built a foot before, he stroked his whiskers and muttered to himself. There are really three problems to solve. The foot needs to grip the ground, and it needs to be durable. And then there's the issue of fixing it to the leg. I might have to consult a few friends. Will she ever walk again? said Brightbill. What's that? Mr. Beaver was lost in thought. Oh, not to worry. You'll just sit back and leave everything to me. I love a challenge. Mr. Beaver plucked into the pond and returned a while later, rolling a large section of a tree trunk. Say hello to your new foot, he said, slapping the wood with his tail. Hello, new foot, said the robot. That's the spirit. This beauty is from one of these hardest trees I ever chewed. I just need to make a few modifications. Mr. Beaver placed the piece of wood next to Roz. He squinted, repositioned the piece, and squinted some more. With his claws, he marked different spots on the wood. And then he put his big chompers to work. The beaver chewed and gnawed and carved up that piece of wood, turning it over and over in his paws. Chit-Chat looked down from a branch and chattered through the quietest, quiet moments. This reminds me of the time I saw a fox catch a lizard by the tail, and somehow the lizard's tail fell off, and he got away, and later I saw that the lizard grew out got a new tail, and now Roz is going to get a new foot, and everything will be fine. The wooden foot took shape, and before long, Mr. Beaver was standing besides a beautiful carving that resembled a boot. He tried to slide it over Roz's stump, but the opening was too small, so he scraped out more wood until it was a perfect fit. Very good! he said, spitting out the wood chip. My friend should be arriving any minute with the next few things we'll need. And there they are now. I'd like you all to meet Bumpkin, Lumpkin, and Rumpkin. But I call them the Fuzzy Bandits. Three fat raccoons shoveled into, shuffled into the garden, dragging a tangle of vines behind them. 
Good day, said Bumpkin. Good day, said Lumpkin. Good day, said Rumpkin. You might already know this, reader, but raccoons have very nibble hands. And the fuzzy bandits use theirs to skillfully tie those vines around the robot's leg and around her new foot. The vines caught nicely on all the things and dents and scrapes. Once they tried, once they were tied good and tight, Mr. Beaver threw his head back and hollered, Trump tap! We could use your assistance! There was silence. And then three quick taps echoed from the forest canopy. Ah, that'll be him, said Mr. Beaver, smiling. A very handsome woodpecker swooped into the garden. You called, came the woodpecker's musical voice. Indeed I did. Everyone, this is my woodpecking pal, Trunk Tap. Now, Trunky, we need some tree resin, the really sticky stuff. Can you help us out? Of course I can, said the woodpecker. You've got a perfect pine right here. Trunk Tap hopped over to a crusty old pine tree and pecked a few deep holes in the bark. Thick, syrupy resin began oozing down the trunk. Mr. Beaver scooped up handfuls of the resin and smeared it all over the wooden foot and the vines until everything was glistening with stickiness. And when the resin dried a short time later, Roz's foot was finished. This is wonderful, said the robot as she strolled around her garden. I'm as good as new. Mr. Beaver and Trunk Tap and the Fuzzy Bandits went away feeling pretty happy with themselves. They had done a very nice thing, but it was the first wooden foot any of them had ever made. And within a week, the vines were coming undone and the foot was sliding loose. So they returned, determined to get it right. They found even harder wood and even tougher vines. They experimented with the resin, heating it by the fire, letting it boil and thicken until it became an indestructible glue. They kept tinkering with their design until finally Roz had herself a wooden foot that she could rely on. Huzzah! Mr. Beaver tapped his knuckles on the newest, new and improved creation. I knew we'd get it right. Roz moved slower than before, and she had a slight limp. But she was back to her old self again, and that was a relief to everyone, especially Bright Bill. Chapter 49, The Flyer With coaching from his mother, Bright Bill was becoming a truly exceptional flyer. He wasn't the biggest or the strongest, but he was the smartest. You see, he and his mother had started studying the flying techniques of other birds. They'd sit for hours and watch how hawks and owls and sparrows and vultures moved through the air. Then they'd go up to the grassy ridge and Bright Bill would practice what he'd learned. Soon he was diving and swooping and darting and soaring around the island. The adult geese frowned at his flying tricks, but the goslings thought he was amazing. Each morning, a gaggle of them would wait on the water for Bright Bill to lead them into the sky. And then a few hours later, he'd return home to Roz shaking his tail feathers and honking about his latest airborne adventures. Mama, the other goslings didn't know that warm air rises, 
So I found an updraft, and we spent the afternoon circling around and around and hardly flapped our wings at all. Mama, did you see that lightning storm today? We knew there was trouble when the wind started blowing from the north, so we flew down to some shrubs and waited for the storms to pass. Mama, we just tried to fly in formation. We all took turns at the point, but everyone liked following me the best, so I led most of the time.